It had been an interesting week, this week since Jesus rose from the dead. The stories were flying all through the city of Jerusalem. There was Mary and the other Mary who were talking about their conversation with Jesus. There was Peter and, and, and John who, who were talking about the tomb that they had seen empty. There were the, the, the two men who had been walking on the road to Emmaus when suddenly this stranger showed up and, and he began to talk with them about all the, the activities that had taken place in Jerusalem around the Passover and the, the crucifixion and then the resurrection of this teacher named Jesus. There was the disciples, 10 of them actually, 10 of the 11 who were left after Judas' betrayal, who had been gathered in an upper room on that night where, where Jesus showed up in the midst of them. It was an interesting, interesting week. But for, but for one man, but for, for one man, it, it, was, it was more than interesting. It was, it was heart-wrenching. He, his name was Thomas. And while Thomas had been a very faithful follower of, of Jesus of Nazareth, while Thomas had been one who had been willing to risk his own life, he wasn't in the room when Jesus showed up on that first resurrection Sunday. And all week long, as he had, as he had talked to people, as he had listened to the stories, there was something inside of Thomas that kept saying, I, I want to believe, I, I'd like to believe. But now, now it had been eight days. Eight days since, since Jesus had shown up to everybody else. And on that eighth day, on that day, Jesus showed up again. He showed up to talk to the 10, yeah. But this time, to talk to Thomas as well. And this time, this time, Thomas, Thomas, who had said, if I, don't, if I don't put my hands in his side, my fingers in the wounds in his hands, if I, if I can't do that, I won't believe. Now, Thomas, Thomas was standing in the presence of Jesus, and Jesus was looking at him. And now Thomas was faced with the real choice in his life. Would he believe? Or would he continue to question? I tell you that story this morning because, because it's been an interesting week since Easter around here. In our world, in our shelter-down environment. For many of you, it's been a, it's been a week of questions. It's been a week of, of wondering. It's been a week of asking, when will this be over? When will I know for sure? And so I, I thought maybe, maybe we needed to to remember what happened for Thomas and the other 10 disciples who were in that upper room. Not so much the, the encounter between Jesus and Thomas, that, that, that makes sense to us when the presence of God shows up in a human reality, there is an overwhelmingness to it. But, but no, rather, rather the, the understanding that in every case, in the conversations with Mary, in the, the walk on the Emmaus Road, on, in the, the opportunities to, to encounter Jesus in the upper room, there's one, one thing that's there 
over and over and over again. It is that Jesus is alive. And in your world, Jesus is alive too. In our world, it's, it's really the question, will we acknowledge that Jesus is alive in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our controversy, in the midst of our pain? Do we really know who is with us? Do we really know that Jesus the carpenter is Jesus the resurrected Lord, that Jesus the rabbi is Jesus the risen Savior? Do we, do we really understand that all of that, all of that emotion around Easter was predicted, promised, and fulfilled so that we would know that Jesus is the one who is with us. Over these last few weeks, we've been exploring the conversation that, that Jesus had with the disciples on the night before his arrest and crucifixion. And today I would turn our attention to that to the last piece of that conversation, a piece of the conversation that, that lets us understand that, that Jesus will always be with us. It happens when the disciples come to a, a crisis moment, a, a place in, in which they understand in their hearts and their heads for the first time who Jesus is. And yet even though they understood it, even though they acknowledged it with their words, they, they couldn't really grasp it with their life until they had actually seen it and, it. and it became clear to them that the reality of the resurrection makes Jesus' mission very, very clear in our life. Listen to the conversation. It's recorded in John chapter 16. I'll start reading at verse 25. It's the, it's the end of this long conversation before the, the trip out to the garden to pray, Jesus said this to the disciples. I've said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world. And now I am leaving the world and going to be with the Father. His disciples said, oh, now, now you are speaking plainly. And you're not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, so you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it is at hand when you will be scattered, each of you to their own home, and you will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus wanted the disciples to know, and Jesus wants you to know, that he had one mission, one very clear mission, and that everything he did, every miracle he performed, every teaching that he shared, 
every, every bit of love and grace and mercy that he demonstrated, he did for one, one thing, so that you would know, so the disciples would know, so that the people of every language and every nation and every tribe would know that God is our Father and he loves us. Jesus arrived here on a mission and while he was here, he told parables and he, he gave examples and he used figures of speech. But, but now on this night before he died, he gets very, very candid and he says to the, to the disciples, listen, I'm not talking to you in figures of speech anymore. No, now I'm just going to put it really, really out there. I came so you would know who your heavenly father is. Jesus Jesus' mission was to bring you and me into the presence of his heavenly Father. Jesus' mission was to make possible a relationship between us and God. For us to know that God really did love the world so much that he would send his one and only son to actually die on a cross to be resurrected on the third day. To step into our lives the way he stepped into to Mary's life and, and to, to, to Thomas's life. To let us know that he knows our name and he can handle our questions. And that the, the relationship he's inviting us to is, is a relationship with God that is, that is intimate and clear and strong. See, that's what he means when he, when he says to them, look, in that day you'll ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and, and have believed that I came from God. Listen to what he says. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father his disciples said, okay, now, now you're speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. The disciples, before Jesus was crucified, were able to say, hey, we get it, Jesus. We understand that you came in order to give us a relationship with Yahweh, God, the Father. Abba, Papa, you came to show us how much we are loved. And while they could articulate that verbally, while they could, while they could share that, they, they couldn't quite get it all the way in their life. Because just hours later, when the Jewish authorities showed up and arrested Jesus, just hours later when Judas, the betrayer, would betray Jesus with a kiss. Just hours later, when Jesus would hang on a cross and breathe his last and ask his heavenly Father to forgive those who had no idea what they were really doing, just days later, when the tomb that they laid his body in was empty, these same people who had said, hey, we get it, Jesus. We know why you came. We understand your mission. Would run and hide 
and be scattered. Jesus came to offer them a relationship, but they received it with their expectations. This Sunday after Easter, I can't help but wonder how many of us, how many of us are are really listening to God in this Easter season? And how many of us are, are listening to the God we've created? See, there's a difference in the two. There's a difference in the God you create in your mind. There's a difference in the God a culture creates. There's a, there's a difference in a God that human beings create so they can have someone or something beyond themselves. There's a difference in that kind of God and the God of the Bible who is real, who created us instead of us creating him. That's, that's huge. And this Easter season for Easter Sunday initiates a a season for us. I would invite you to hear the conversation and ask yourself the question, are, are you really willing to hear who God really is? Or do you just wanna engage in the God talk? Do you just wanna create a religious system? Do you just wanna pray and ask God to, to, to make your life better? Because I would suggest to you that if you're worshiping a God you've created, you're not worshiping the God who died for you, whose son suffered for you, who, who offers you this really intimate, this really clear, this really strong relationship. And what I would invite you to do today is to step away from the God you've created and learn to know that God who created you. And that's the reason Easter has more power than we've ever known. That's the reason Easter, in the midst of a shelter-down initiative in our nation, in the midst of the pain that people are facing, that's why hundreds of thousands of people around the world gathered, not physically, but spiritually, on Easter Sunday. And it's why the week after Easter is always a very, very interesting time because it's a time when we really figure out, like Thomas did, that our choice is to worship either the God we've created for ourselves or to worship the God who created us, who knows us, who suffered and died for us? This is the time for us to decide, do we really want a relationship with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, with our Heavenly Father, or do we wanna just settle for the God that we've created? If you want to step into that kind of relationship, I wanna encourage you to find a way to get to know Jesus. I wanna encourage you to find a way to, to, to give him control of your life. If you're watching us at es.church, I want to encourage you over in, in the side section where there's, there's a chat room place as you're watching the, the stream there online. Over on the right-hand side, you'll notice a column. And while we've been having the service, there have been some people chatting in that column. But, but up at the top of it, there's a, there's a place that, that talks about the Bible. And, and if you click on that, it'll take you to a, to a resource place. 
you click on the Bible, and you'll have the Bible there. But then if you click on reading plan, it'll take you to a, to a section that will give you a myriad of options. If you'll scroll down, if there's a place that says starting your journey with Jesus, and there are two or three or four options there that you could use to begin to read the Bible, to begin to read the story of God, to begin to understand it in a, in a more in-depth way, to have this relationship that is, that is intimate, clear, and strong. I did a funeral recently for a couple from this congregation. They had walked through so much in life together. They had actually expressed their desire to go see Jesus at the same time. A lot of people say things like that. Very seldom does it actually occur. But in their life, they actually came to the end of their life being cared for by their children in a hospital here in Anderson. And she passed and then he passed. And there was the only opportunity I've ever had in my ministry to preach a husband and a wife's funeral together on the same day because that was their request. Along the way, I'd known these folks for a couple of decades. I'd watched their relationship. I had watched how when she became ill, he took care of her. When he became ill, she took care of him. I watched as dementia took over her mind and he covered for her and he cared for her and he was there for her. And I remember saying to my wife, I am amazed at the way these two people share and care for each other. But can I tell you, I shouldn't have been amazed. They both knew Jesus Christ. They knew him in an intimate, clear, strong relationship. And it created an intimate, clear, strong relationship between the two of them. This Easter season, this, this Sunday after the resurrection celebration, if you've been questioning, if you've been seeking, I, I really want to encourage you to let this be the day that you choose, that you choose to enter into that kind of relationship. And here's why I think it's so important right now in your life. You see, there's a reason that Jesus offers us this relationship. He offers it to us so, so we can withstand the tough times in life. Times like these. Times of uncertainty. Times with questions. Times with turmoil. Times where you've been cooped up in the same place with the same people for over a month. And yet God has been with you. And he is there and he knows every thought and every worry and every moment of anxiety. He knows that stuff your children are doing to each other for those of you with children at home. He knows that emptiness in your heart for those of you who don't have your children at home and can't get to see them. He knows everything that's going on in your life. And he offers you a relationship of intimacy and clarity and strength so that you can withstand the tough times. How do you know that, Pastor? Because that's what Jesus promised the disciples. Listen. Listen to what he said from the Gospel of John. He said it this way. After they had said, hey, we believe, Jesus answered them. Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming, and indeed it has come when you will be scattered, each to their own home, and you will leave me alone. But I am not alone, 
for the Father is with me. Jesus told the disciples, I've, I've come into the world. I came from God. I'm leaving the world. I'm going to God. But I came so you would know that you have the opportunity to have this kind of relationship. And even though you say you know it, even though you say you have it, I want you to understand that there's coming a time, there's going to be a place where you will be scattered. I, I love the analogy between that night and this day in our life when he said everybody's scattered to their own home. That's really kind of what's happened to us. We've all been scattered. But you know what I've discovered in the pages of Scripture? I've discovered that every time the world scatters the people of God, God goes with his people. And every time, he helps them in their scatteredness to share the love, the hope, the grace, the mercy, the relationship that God offers to all of his people. So in 2020, the 2020 you're living through that doesn't look like anything that you planned on New Year's Day when you made your resolutions, in this 2020, you've got to know the God of the universe knows you by name and he's offering you, he's offering you a relationship through the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. He's made it available because he's already overcome. He's already overcome everything that could overcome you. He's already overcome sin and death and even hell itself so that you could be invited into a, a relationship with him. This relationship he makes available through what he did on the cross and through the resurrection and through the moments when he steps into your life and he says, here I am. Here I am. You've got questions? Here's your answer. I'm with you. That Jesus Christ has overcome the world and that means he will be with you forever and ever. Listen to the promise as we try to decide who are we going to follow, the God we've created or the God who created us. The last verse, the last statement in this conversation, Jesus says it this way. I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I'm praying for you. Wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever's happening in your life, that in these next few minutes, you will be willing to step into that relationship that will help you discover that nothing the world gives you can overcome what Jesus offers you.